Hey guys, it's Morgan here. I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. And I want to extend a special invite to you to be a part of our first ever Young Adults Today conference. It's happening in Minnesota at the Mall of America on March 13th and 14th, 2020. We'll have Nick Nielsen from Lakewood Church, Dr. Alan Tennyson from North Central University, Steph McDonald from Mac Ministries leading with her worship team, and along with Micah and Josiah Keneally helping lead the way. I'm personally excited for this conference, for all the relationships that will be formed, we'll become like family, and we'll meet others who are also doing young adult ministries around the world. I'm also very excited to hear from Dr. Alan Tennyson in his sessions, as he was one of my professors at North Central, and he just made theology come alive to me in new ways and made it super exciting. For you podcast listeners, we have a special offer. Register before March 6 with the code PODCAST to get $10 off your registration. Sign up now at youngadults.today slash conference, and we would love to see you there. I'm Micah Canaley, and I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. I'm joined, obviously, today by my husband and co-host Josiah Canaley. Josiah, we have a very special guest today. Would you be willing to introduce him? For sure. So we're here in season two, and we are loving every minute of the Young Adults Today podcast. We hope you are as listeners as well. And today we're joined for this episode by Pastor Timothy Atik, or. T.A., as a lot of his friends call him, and T.A. became the executive director of Breakaway Student Ministries in 2016. Prior to moving to College Station, T.A. served as student ministry pastor of Austin Ridge Bible Church for five years and as the executive director of Vertical Ministries in Waco, Texas for four years. T.A. and his wife, Kat, have three boys, Noah, Andrew and Jake, and seeing in the notes, Andrew's birthday is my birthday, <laughs> October 11th. So it, we're the same age. I'm basically a son in the faith today, too. Just kidding. But um, TA earned a master's degree from Dallas Theological Seminary and is a proud member of <laughs> the Fighting Texas Aggies <laughs> class of 2003. So, in addition to serving as the primary communicator at Breakaway, TA travels across the nation at various churches, camps, retreats throughout the year. And with um, the lasting impact Breakaway left on him at his time as his time as a student, TA considers it a privilege and one of the greatest joys to now serve a new generation of students in the same way he was once served and invested in. So TA, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. I'm honored to be with you guys. Thank you for having me. And uh, man, you you crushed that uh, fine Texas Aggie class. Uh, that's what we say whenever we introduce ourselves here as Aggies. That's how we introduce ourselves. So anyway, you did well. That's awesome. I, I did. I'm not indoctrinated to Aggie culture, so I'm glad as an outsider that I picked that one small piece yeah. up. <laughs> Well, Timothy, we are so excited and happy that you're able to join us today. So we're just going to kick off with the first question for the listeners. And would you tell us about your faith journey, your life story, and how you ended up going to college and getting involved in young adult ministry? Yeah, so um, I, uh, I came to know the Lord at a young age. I was fortunate to grow up with parents who who valued me knowing about the Lord. And I came to a really simple understanding of the gospel that Jesus Christ died for my sins and rose from the dead. 
um, at a really young age, just through a Christian, uh, through a Christian day camp. And uh, my mom uh, especially helped take that message and she helped me understand how I could apply it to my life. So I felt like I knew the Lord at a really young age, but then God used some youth pastors in my life, middle school and high school to really help me understand what it looked like to walk with the Lord on a daily basis. And God used those men in my life to shape my heart for ministry. I looked at what they did and I just thought it was so appealing and so attractive to kind of give your life to helping other people know Jesus. And so uh, during my time at Texas A&M University, that was a formative time for my spiritual life. That's when I grew in my wisdom and understanding of the word of God. And uh, each summer that I was in college, I went back and I, I would work for those guys, those youth pastors that had had such an impact on my life. Wow. And so um, after college, God, God called me to go to seminary and then to, to become a student pastor. I thought I was going to be working with high school and middle school students for 20 years. And uh, that is not what God planned, but that's what I planned. And uh, about five and a half years into working with high school and middle school students, I had the opportunity to go and speak to some college students. And when I when I left that night after speaking, uh, some of my friends that came with me, they just said, hey, T.A., we're just going to tell you this. If you ever have the opportunity to work with college students, we think you need to take that opportunity. And that was that's when God, the, the funnel of God's will going from wide to narrow, it was like God in that moment was like, this is what you're going to do next. Mm-hmm. And so we made the move to college ministry um, back in 2012. And, and I've given a good majority of my 30s to, to college students. And it's, it's been my favorite season of ministry for sure. It's amazing, and it's fun to watch from afar. And at, at the time of recording this episode, just last week, I saw an amazing event. Didn't get to attend, but I just got to witness some pictures at Davis Diamond on campus at Texas A&M. And a few weeks ago, you guys just took over the field at Kyle Field for a night on God's design for sex. Will you, will you give us uh, just a glimpse into some of the great things that God's doing at Break, Breakaway Texas? A&M University. Yeah. Well, I, the, the best part of this semester so far is that we started this fall celebrating the 30th anniversary of Breakaway. Oh, so my word. Breakaway was started in 1989 by just a group of college students in an apartment, 12 students in an apartment, and they just started praying and believing, and 12 turned into 20, which turned to 40, which turned to 80, and then you know, over the decades, it's turned into thousands of students. And so um, I think that the best thing that I can celebrate is that that for three decades now, we have gotten to see God do a really sweet work in the lives of college students, that it's nothing that we're doing. It truly is a work of the spirit yeah. that for three decades, God has chosen to move in the hearts of thousands of college students every Tuesday night. So every Tuesday, we don't know if anyone's going to come, and we open the doors, and a a lot of students show up, which is really sweet. This semester, 
Um, we've been just walking verse by verse through the Song of Solomon, which is, it's just been fun to talk with college students about finding love, making love, and maintaining love. And it's been really neat to see students get God's vision for for romantic love. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been a joy. We, we launched a Bible reading plan. We just felt this strong need to help students engage with the Word of God. We just yeah. sense that biblical illiteracy yeah. has been really high with college students. Mm-hmm. And so we just launched a reading plan and we saw thousands of students jump on with us to just engage with the word of God on a daily basis, which is really encouraging that, that there's students that are saying, yeah, we want to know the word of God. Um, and then uh, we are about to start the breakaway Institute where we, it's a smaller classroom setting where we give students the opportunity to um, to step into more of a seminary type mm-hmm. setting to just grow deeper. I think the most encouraging thing, and then y'all can ask another question, but you know, every week we give students an opportunity to put their faith and trust in Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. And we just believe, we want to believe that every week God wants to raise the dead to life. Amen. And he, he does it. Yeah. And so some, sometimes it's one student, sometimes it's, you know, a lot of students, but every week God is faithful to raise the dead to life in College Station. I think that's absolutely beautiful. And Timothy, you actually just hit one of my favorite passion points, and you guys talked about it at Kyle Field about love. I love talking about love, sex, dating, and waiting, and the importance of purity, the impact of pornography, whether you're wrestling with it now or past, and how that's going to affect your future. And that's obviously not God's design. That's not his vision for this next generation, whether you're millennial or you're Gen Z. That's not his vision. for that. So that's one of my favorite passion points. So it's fun that you guys can rally thousands of students because they want to talk about yeah. it. They want to know about it. They want to be healed from things. They want to meet their future spouse. And they they really do want to do it well, but they're not surrounding themselves with the best people at times or decisions or don't even understand the vision that God has for them in that process. So I just had to say that would be an amazing event to get to witness, hopefully someday in person. So um, we know that breakaway. Welcome. The invitation is consistently (laughs) open. Do we have to be an Aggie to attend? (laughs) We'll just put a maroon shirt on you. You'll blend right in. All right. All right. Posers? No, we'll be the fighting class of visitors. Oh, okay. There we go. (laughs) Some honorary Aggies in the house. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, Timothy, we know that breakaway is known nationally. And it's known um, at, on a university campus across the nation. People are hearing about you. They're knowing um, what God is doing. Can you share what is your what is God laid on your heart for the vision of the ministry that He's asked you to steward? Yeah. Um, the heartbeat of Breakway for thirty years has been Jesus Christ, and that that's not changing. I was going to say anytime soon, ever. That mm-hmm. that will always be the heartbeat. Yeah. But we just say that the mission of Breakway is simple, that we want to help any and every college student take either a first step or a next step with Jesus Christ. So we're really intentional about our mission statement that Breakway exists for any and every student. I I want Breakway to guard against ever having a typical student. I don't know if if that makes sense that you can look at different ministries or you can look at a student and be like, Oh, I bet you go there. I bet you go to that church. I bet you, 
I bet you serve at that camp. I never want that to be true of Breakaway, that people look and say, oh, that's a type of person that goes right. to Breakaway because we want people from all different backgrounds, all different denominations, all different belief systems Amen. to feel welcome. That doesn't mean that they will agree with what they're hearing, but if they can come and feel loved, encouraged, and challenged to investigate the person of Jesus, that's a huge win. And we want to help introduce people to Jesus, help them take their first step, and then we want to help students take their next step, which means connecting them to local churches and inspiring them and equipping them to really walk with Jesus for a lifetime. So um, that that is that's our focus. We we are really believing that every Tuesday night, God has the opportunity and the ability to move people closer to Him. Yeah, and you know, I'm gonna backtrack just for one second because Micah talked about the vision that God has at Breakaway and, and you just described that. And then Micah had said like, hey, my passion point is purity. And you guys just did an event and let's lean into that for a second because God's raising the dead to life every Tuesday. And for listeners, they've all seen it, that God's across the nation raising dead young adults who are the walking dead yeah. to life. Mm -hmm. And yeah. one of the things he's bringing who used to be far, he's bringing them near. But one of the things that separates our spirit so far from the heart of God is pornography, sexual yes. immorality. And that's like one of the, the threshold watershed moments for every, every student, every young person, and also for our culture today. Sexual immorality is not new, it's ancient, but yeah. the ways of God um, also are not new. They, they've been around for a long time. So yeah. go there, if you will, for a little bit and talk about how do you approach a student that you have lunch with that is wrestling with pornography or somebody that comes to Kyle F Field or Breakaway and you're looking at just the series on the Song of Solomon. How do you approach a modern student with an ancient message? Yeah, great question. Well, um, you know, for, for me, I've found the best ministry is sharing my story. Pornography was a part of my story when I was a student at A&M. And, uh, and it, you know, God's, God does an incredible job of giving people, he's given me a story to tell, not a story to hide. I really That's believe good. that because my past isn't an anchor of guilt and shame that I have to tow around through life. It, it has become a trophy of God's grace because of the victory that he's led me in. And so um, I, I love engaging this next generation specifically on pornography because it was a part of my story. In the book, Meet Generation Z by James, James Emery White, he says that pornography will be the greatest source of immorality for this generation. And I see that because it's the internet in your pocket generation, that this generation has more instant access to pornography than at mm -hmm. any time in history. And yet what pornography does and what our culture, our, our culture, which has been pornified and ultra sexualized, mm -hmm. is it they just it distorts your understanding, it hijacks your understanding of what what true intimacy is. And so it's just interesting, not just pornography, but if you look at the culture today, there is 
we have all been born with this longing for intimacy. We have been made for mm-hmm. intimacy that yeah. God has wired us yeah. to need each other. And, and it's just so interesting that in our desire for intimacy, we find it isolation that people find themselves withdrawing into the confines of their room in the dark, looking for intimacy in a fantasy world Hmm. only found in reality. And God has in his kindness has wired us for intimacy, but that only comes through trusting that his way is the best way. Mm -hmm. For us with, with students, it, I, I sit down with guys and I talk about pornography and I'm very clear with them that, man, this will distort your understanding of, of reality. Yeah. And so the best thing that you can do is do whatever it takes to, to, to get this out of your, out of your life. Um, but, you know, the, the word of God still stands true. And God doesn't just give us his standard for purity. He gives us the power to actually pursue purity. So I try and take people to Ephesians 5.3, which says there shouldn't even be a hint of any type of sexual mm-hmm. immorality or impurity. But then after that, I take them to Ephesians 1, chapter 20, where Paul says that I pray that you will know the incomparably great yeah. power. Yes. The same power that raised Christ from the dead. So God doesn't call you to an unrealistic mm-hmm. standard. No, he says, here's the standard, and now I'm going to be the one that gives you the power to actually meet it, which is really sweet. Yeah. One way that I've learned of the word intimacy was into me you see. Like we, des- we are, like you said, we are designed for intimacy, first and foremost with God, second with the community of believers. And we know that statistics have shown, and I can't remember, I believe it was in 2017, 80-some percent of Christians, quote-unquote, are sleeping with each other before they're married. So they're claiming to be in a Christian relationship. They're like, if I know that I'm going to be with this person, then I can be with this person before marriage. And really trying to teach a generation that, you know, we all justify some form of our actions, but when it comes to this, this is very significant. And the ramifications of these decisions, they do hinder our future. They like, I love how you said, it's not a story that I have to hide. It's a story that, you know, God has made into a beautiful trophy offered back to him. And he can take those bitter moments of decision-making and make them a sweet aroma offered back to him. When we're willing to go through the healing, when we're willing to go through the repenting, when we're willing to, you know, clean out our music, whether whatever, clothes, music, movies, whatever is infiltrating our mind, our soul, and our spirit with the toxicity of pornography or lustful thoughts and thinking. And those do separate us from Christ. And um, Timothy, I imagine that you have a, a team of people that you're leading, that you have individuals that you're calling out them in their purity. You're calling them out in leadership. You are raising the bar of expectation of this is who I'm going to call you out. I'm going to call you up in love. And so could you just share, how do you go about even raising um, a team that is equipped to help other students with this? Could you share, like, what does your leadership team look like when it comes to big life decisions, whether it's wrestling with pornography, faith issues, or how do you equip a team, you know, with thousands of students coming every Tuesday night? Could you share about a little bit about that? 
Yeah. So um, when it comes to when it comes to the way Breakaway is stru- structured, we've got six people on staff, and then underneath the staff we have uh, twenty three team leaders. Those are our students that that lead, you know, eleven different teams, and then under that we have about three hundred and fifty volunteers. And so we amazing we feel a strong responsibility for our volunteers. And the most important things for us with our volunteers is number one, they can clearly articulate the gospel. They can clearly articulate their story, their testimony. But then number three, that they are actively engaged in a local church, because the reality is that that growth happens best. I think it was Andy Stanley said that growth happens best in a circle, not a row. Yep. You know, so you need to be in a circle of people you need it. We talk a lot at Breakaway about being fully known and fully loved, that mm. we all not just deserve, but need open, honest, accountable relationships. And so that starts at the leadership level right. that, that we want people who are imperfect, but they are faithful. They are, they are imperfect people, but they are faithful to pursue the Lord and to walk in accountable relationships. And so um, for us, it starts with our leaders being willing to, to, to be open. If I have one of our leaders comes to me and he says, I'm struggling with pornography. For me, it depends on what their, how does that conversation go? Are they sitting there rationalizing with me? Like, well, I don't struggle that much. And it's really only once every two weeks, you know, or whatever. It's that versus, I will do whatever it takes to yeah. get this out mm-hmm. of my life. Like that's a student I want to run with. Right. I want to empower those students because what those leaders are going to do is they're going to go and shape a culture at A&M of being open and honest and transparent. And they're going to fight for the purity of others, of other people. So when we, when we talk about leaders, we just talk about being dependent people that we are people that are dependent upon the Lord. We take Jesus seriously in John 15, five, where he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Talk about being family oriented people that we don't want to be work associates. We want to be family members. Mm. Family members encourage one another. Family members fight for each other. We're storytellers, which means we consistently speak encouraging stories to each other of what God's doing in our midst. Mm -hmm. Because when you're reminded of how God's been faithful, it'll remind you that he's capable in the future. And then uh, we want to be pace setters. We want to be people who say, hey, do as we're doing and follow along with us. So that's kind of the culture that we try and shape with our leaders. I don't know if that answered your question. but that's It's so good, Timothy. And we know that there's a variety of models and programs for college students across young adult ministry, some ministries emphasize a weekly gathering, others' primary goal and role is small groups, and still others are event-driven. And something I'd selfishly really like to personally learn from you is if you talk about two things. One, how have you taken your weekly gatherings to the next level? Next level meaning it's not just another Tuesday. And then the second question is, how have you guys used events to be an opportunity for life change? Like, we're not just doing this for the sake of photography or for for the sake of social media or for the sake of doing it. 
we're, we're doing this because we're called, we're on mission, and, and we want to do this for God's glory. Yeah. Well, um, great questions. Um, you know, for us, Breakway is in a unique place where we're not a church, but we believe in the local church and we want students to be connected to it. Um, so, you know, we, we run in our lane that we are, we are, we are an event that we are a once a week opportunity. Mm-hmm. But what we say is that there is no normal Tuesday night. We, we so say good. that every week we wow. say, this is the only Tuesday night where this group of people is going to be gathered in this arena. Mm-hmm. And so there are no normal Tuesday nights. Every Tuesday night, God has been thinking about this night long before we ever did. And so we are, we come with belief. We believe that God wants to do something spiritually significant every Tuesday night. So I think just fighting that mentality of like, the first one is the best one of the semester mm-hmm. or the last one is the, is the, let's have a grand finale. No, it's every Tuesday night is could be the best night of the semester. Yeah. There is no just normal Tuesdays. And um, I think what's been really helpful for us is is we want to be a shot straight into the hearts of college students. Mm-hmm. Like we, we, we hope that people around the world, adults and people in their 30s, 40s, and 50s will be helped by Breakaway. But Breakaway exists for college students. So we want to be experts on this generation and we want to speak straight into their hearts and so we i think that's what's helped us go to the next level is just being in tune with with the the quirks and the heartbeats and the desires of this of this next um generation and that's influenced songwriting that we we try and write songs that that Mm -hmm. speak straight to the heart of college students amazing and then, and then what we've seen, the, the other thing that we've seen is I think that college students' greatest need right now is not inspiration, it's, it's connection. Like when I say they don't need inspiration, I just say that because they can get inspiration whenever they want. They can mm-hmm. listen to hundreds of podcasts whenever they want. They can get on YouTube. They can be inspired. But what they need is connection. And so we've really emphasized that at Breakaway, that we're giving people an opportunity to circle up even in a big environment and pray. They're a connection. They need connection and they care a lot about justice. So every week we're trying to lean in together to pray about the brokenness in this world. Then we give people discussion questions. We post on social media. The hope is that as they're walking home, driving home, they're continuing the conversation that it's overflowing out of the event and into the living room. I think that's a perfect model of of community, of taking it outside of the walls of opportunity that you've been able to, you know, host for them and have for them. And you see them probably carpooling, leaving, grabbing Applebee's afterwards, you know, really connecting throughout the weekend. We know that you are um, one who likes to learn by just your passion, that you are willing to hear this generation out. You're willing to learn and you desire to understand Gen Z. Um, Would you be willing to share some things that you've learned to understand Gen Z in a new way, um, whether that's through creativity, and I think you hit a little bit on those things just now, but is there anything else you wanna add to that? Yeah, I think the things that have kind of stuck with me the most are the fact that it's the first post-Christian generation, which Mm. means that 
there are less and less students growing up with any type of experience with Jesus Christ wow. or even an experience with the church. And students are growing up as, as really functional atheists. It's not that they're saying, I've explored Jesus and I reject that. They're saying, what's the point anyway? Mm-hmm. I don't that isn't something that I even need in my life. And so I think that that is important. You know, I think that it is a, um, it is the internet in your pocket generation. They have, they have more access to information than at any time in history. And yet there is this growing divide between information and wisdom, Wow, which is really interesting wow. if you think about it, like so much information has zero wisdom. Wow, And so that's why we get to step in with the word of God. And we get to be truth tellers to a generation that has so much information that lacks actual truth. And so I think that that's a big thing. But then they're very entrepreneurially minded. Mm -hmm. I mean, one study I read, it showed that, you know, over 60% of high school students that are now college students identified with the statement that they will make something that will change the world. So they are like this, they want to, they don't want to work for someone. They just want to create something. They, they want to do big things. Um, and so I, I love that they want to change the world. So I'm like, okay, we can harness that with, for the sake of the gospel. This can really be a generation that changes Mm -hmm. the world. So, you can look at Gen Z and be like, there's so much negative about it. Like they're post-Christian, they're sexually fluid, which means they have zero clue mm-hmm. on anything that God desires for sex and sexuality. You can look at that and be like, oh, what's happening to our world? Or you can look and say, there's an opportunity here. Yes. And we have a generation of people that if we can combine their passion with the gospel and the word of God, man, this generation could change a lot of mm-hmm. stuff. Well, I think you hit it perfectly, Timothy, to see just that the stakes are really high in this generation and in our yeah. world. And the odds might look like it's stacked against us. But if we took a business approach for a second and thought like a CEO, man, what an amazing opportunity to have market share that no one's ever tapped into before. Every entrepreneur in the world would love to have a market that only 4% of that market, if you're selling Bibles, man, I want only 4% of them have it? Let's go. We have an unlimited potential. So if we will have a shift in our thinking to think less in terms of challenges and more in terms of what a massive opportunity this is, that that excites people like me. And so with that, there's a lot of changes happening in our world. Transition is one of the constants, in fact. And a lot of the people tuning in that we're hearing feedback from right now are going through transition right now this month, or they just went through transition like two months ago. What was it like for you a few years back when you took over as executive director and primary communicator at Breakaway? What did God teach you about leadership through transition? Yeah, well, great question. I had the privilege of, of taking over Breakway after former director of Breakway, Ben Stewart. Um, ben Stewart is 
is one of the best leaders and communicators, in my opinion, in this world. Yes, agreed. And so I am, um, you know, the, the statement that people would say to me is, oh, you're taking over Breakaway? Man, you got big shoes to fill. And then I was like, oh my gosh, what? You know, it was a really, you know, God had to shape me and my identity a lot because there was a lot of room for insecurity just because people were looking at me saying, oh, you got big shoes to fill. You know, Ben Stewart is such an amazing communicator. And I think, I think God taught me a few things. Number one, that, that if God wanted me to be Ben 2.0, he would have made me Ben 2.0. That's good. But God called me to come to College Station not to fill Ben's shoes. As far as I know, Ben took all of his shoes with him to Washington, D.C. There you go. You said it. <laughs> you just asked me to be me. Mm. And so <laughs> anytime there's transition, it's, it's understanding that the best thing that I can do is simply be faithful to be who God's called me to be and to do what God has called me to do. When you do transition, there's a lot of room for comparison. I mean, comparison can breed all sorts of unhealthiness in a person. And so <clears throat> it's constantly becoming coming before the Lord and saying, God, my value mm-hmm. can only be found in the shed blood of Jesus. That Jesus, when you were on that cross, that was your way of saying, this is what you're worth to me. You are valued at the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Wow. And so I think you have to rest in that. And then, you know, transition looks different for everyone. For me, I wasn't stepping into a broken situation that needed fixing. I was stepping into something that was amazing. And now it's like, okay, I just don't want to screw it up. Like those are the two different types of transition. And so the best thing that I did was I changed nothing for almost a year. Like I just came in really low and said, I just want to learn. Like I come in, came in humbly and not with this arrogance, like I know best and I need to change everything. It was more, I just, for a year, I just observed and I learned and I didn't, I didn't change anything until I knew what was sacred at Breakaway, what was most effective, and then how can I use how God has wired me to make tweets to the ministry, not to make it better, but to just make it as effective as possible during my time here at Breakaway. So I think during transition, you know, you're going to have a lot of people speaking into your life. You need a few voices you can trust to drown out the crowds. You need a few individuals that you can look at who can just speak what is true in your life. I don't know if that helps, but no, it does. That's absolutely true. That's gold. It's absolutely true. Having those people that are, you know, closest to you that you can share vision with and be authentic with. And we know that out of all the leaders, Jesus was the best leader. He was a phenomenal leader. He was and is also followable. And what would you say to the young adult leader or the young leader leading a college ministry or maybe even a young adult ministry desiring to become the best that they can be in their life while glorifying God? Yeah, I would say, um, number one, you you have to wake up every day clear on your identity. Like, the, I, I just started a tab on my phone that's just truth statements that I need to read every day to 
minister out of the right mindset. And it's mm. good for me to start my day saying my identity is not that I'm the executive director of Breakway. That's not who I am. Mm-hmm. It's what I do, but that's not who I am. Good. And it's so easy for us to wrap our identity up in ministry. And that's so unhealthy because if ministry doesn't go how you think it goes, what does that say about you as a person? And that causes your value to diminish. So, you know, as I was talking with, um, with a friend last week and he was just talking about how he is consistently having to move back to his state of origin which is that he is a son of God. Amen. And so if you, the, the most important thing about me today is that I'm a son of God. That's Amen. it. That if I don't start with the pleasure of my heavenly father in me, I mean, that's how Jesus went into ministry. He started his ministry with the affirmation of his father. And so if we start ministry every day looking for affirmation if we if we live for approval instead of from approval approval is either something that you're chasing or approval is something that is pushing you along i want the approval of my heavenly father being the wind in my sails instead of the the carrot that i'm trying to to chase if that makes sense so i would say identity that every day you're coming back to who you are that jesus christ came to reconcile us to the father And then the second thing that I would say, especially for young leaders, is I would just say, you know what? You have to be careful to not let your talent outpace your character. People will hire you for your talent. People will follow you for your character. You know, those are two totally different things. You know, I, I was at a point in my life where my talent outpaced my character. It's easier to develop your talent because that's what people see. But your character is what is really what that that's who you are. And so I would just say that constantly be refining your character. You, you have to fight for emotional, spiritual, uh, mental health so that you're operating from a place of of, you know, my friend just, he did the wordplay of pressure and pleasure. You know, if you're not careful, you'll just always work from a state of pressure. And the pleasure comes when you know who you are in Christ and you're seeking to live like him. You know, Timothy, I found that to be true in my own life more than ever a year ago when I transitioned jobs and I, I changed roles and people knew me a lot of people at a church knew me as the young adult pastor. And so to be honest, I had mistakenly misplaced some of my identity. I don't think all of it, but some of my identity in what I did opposed to who I am. And that was the most challenging part of that transition was figuring out, wow, I wished looking back that someone would have told me, find your identity in Christ not in what you do. Find it in who right. you are. And so I, I pray that we glean that wisdom, mm-hmm. not just information, yeah. but it's transformational wisdom in our lives. But then the most freeing thing for me in, in the transition process was to look in the mirror and discover who I was mm-hmm. and who God made me to be and to smile yeah. at it. Like, I'm happy. I'm a son of God. I'm, I'm a child of God. I am who he says I am. And what they post about me on social media doesn't affect me positively or negatively because when I wake up, my feet hit the floor and I'm like, you know what? 
I'm going to enjoy being God's kid today. It's a fun adventure. Mm-hmm. There's joy that comes from that. And so love that you drilled in on that. Mm-hmm. And so with that, let's jump into final thoughts. Five questions, okay. five minutes, rapid pace. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do this. All right. He's ready. All right. What has surprised you about young adults and college students? Uh, I think that they um, they just want things as straight up and raw as possible. So I love that. It's my favorite age group demographic to speak to just because I don't have to water things down. And I, I'm not speaking to parents so that I have to be careful what I'm saying. I can yep. just shoot college students <laughs> straight. I love that. And then I think the other thing is just how studious this generation is they are all about studying and self-improvement they they want to learn so like you see people sometimes they're binging netflix but a lot of times students at AM they'll skip going to the football game because they need to study and i just i think that there's something really special about that how how uh, ambitious they are to to learn and be successful if we can harness that for the sake of the gospel it'd be pretty incredible no doubt so what would you say then is your favorite event you've ever done in ministry? Favorite event I've ever done, man, that's uh, that's tough to to just say one event. I will say that, you know, um, it, it's not the biggest thing that we've ever done. I would say my favorite nights have been, it seems like every semester God interrupts the semester and interrupts the series that I'm doing. And he just says, I want you to speak to this topic. And so that's what happened with pornography. Back in 2017, I was teaching Ecclesiastes and God was like, you're going to pause. You're going to teach two weeks on pornography. Wow. And I loved it because it was, it was exactly what students mm-hmm. need. The next fall, he interrupted our semester and he said, you're going to teach a night on suicide. And it was, it was the heaviest night, and yet to see students coming forward, like, mm-hmm. I, I'm thinking about taking my life tonight, and to know that God actually used us to save people's physical lives Amen. was incredible. So I would just say, I love when God interrupts things, because it's it's been really, really sweet for us to, to tackle some of the tough topics, but uh, he seems to work in great ways during those times. I love it. Timothy, we prob- you're probably exposed to many stories of life change. Is there one that sticks out to you the most today that you'd be willing to share? Absolutely. Uh, so um, there was a girl that got invited to Breakaway by one of our volunteers. And this girl said no, she didn't want to come. This volunteer kept asking her. So finally she came to Breakaway. She grew up Muslim. And uh, she came to Breakaway had left with more questions than when she walked in the door, found her way to my office. We're sitting in my office. She's telling me about her upbringing and she is articulating the gospel better than most Christians. Wow. And as we're talking, I'm like, this girl gets it. She is, she is discovering grace for the first time in Mm. her life. And uh, later on that fall, uh, she prayed to receive Christ. Um, and then, uh, months later, uh, I was at a church. She got baptized at that church, which was incredible. And wow. now 
She's one of our volunteers at Breakway Come on, on our reach team. We call it our reach team, which reaches out to international students. Uh, and so now she is getting after other students. She's befriended a Muslim student that she is investing a lot in. But the question that she's having to wrestle with is what happens when my parents find out? Because she knows her parents are going to disown her. But um, it is, she now sits on my sermon prep team. She comes in each week and she gives me feedback on my talk. So here's this girl who, I mean, I got to, I just had tears in my eyes as she mm. articulated the gospel because it was like, you get it. God has, he has given you eyes to see. And it's just been the sweetest. <laughs> oh my word. And, and you begin to, you made a statement a few questions ago that young adults is your favorite age and stage and, and ministry. Oh, yeah. And we, we relate with that, but you begin to see why really quickly that when you see Christ intersect mm-hmm. someone of the Muslim faith, and they're a young adult, yep. and he raises his, them from death to life. That never gets oh, yeah. old. And it's so oh. enjoyable to see young adults step into freedom, step into faith, step into their calling. And so there, there's stories of success and life transformation. And there's moments we also learn from that are hidden friends. And would you be willing to tell us a hidden friend of yours that might have looked early on like an epic failure, but you've experienced something that you've learned from in ministry from it. Just an epic failure in yeah. ministry? Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> There's probably uh, plenty of dumb mistakes that I've made along the way. Um, you know, oh, man. <laughs> thinking about the time that I decided to, I tried to just keep preaching while I was lightning outside and a friend was like, you got to stop this. You just got to, you, you got to cut this thing off. It's not going to work. Um, but I, I think for me, probably, I think a, a moment in my past leadership that I look back, I don't know that I feel shame over it, but just more, if I could go back and redo it, um, I would, I, I think early on in ministry, I wasn't a developer of leaders. I was more just, I was just using people for their gifts. And so I think I wore at least one guy I can think of. I, I think I just wore him out on ministry because it was more like, okay, do this, do this and this. So it was more like he was just a hired hand that hmm. I was using his talent to get as much out of him as I could for the sake of the ministry instead of developing him at a real young age. And you know what? Leadership development takes a lot of work, takes yeah. a lot of effort to hire young people and to make the time to invest in them. You know, it's just easier to delegate and just say, just go do this. And when you get tired of doing it, we'll just find someone else. But I, I think that that I've, I've needed to learn that over time of what it looks like to make the space to develop the next generation of, of leaders. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Completely. You know, when I talked about the lightning, that was just more like that was a failure on a one night <laughs> thing where we're outside, yeah. it's lightning. 
my board member was like, we don't keep going with a sound system and lightning. Those are two bad things. <laughs> like, no, the gospel, let's do this. So that was a failure too. Oh. oh my gosh. Well, Timothy, we've come to the very last question of this episode. And if you could tell a group of college pastors and young adult ministry leaders one thing, what would you leave them with today? Yeah, I would just say, um, I would say, remember first and foremost that you are, you are a child of God, and that's it. That if everything else got stripped away today, that needs to be that needs to be enough. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, um, I would say that my the founding director of Breakaway, Greg Mott, he used to say that he just wanted his ministry to be an overflow of his relationship with the Lord. And that's something that I'm fighting for in my own life. But um, I would just say, know who you are in Christ and then just be okay being that. That we, Unfortunately, we live in a culture that just elevates Christian celebrities. Just think about that statement and how unbiblical that mm-hmm. is, that mm-hmm. there are celebrities who are Christians. The celebrities in the Bible died for their faith. So wow. I don't know what, that's a, so I would just say with Instagram and all that, if you need to just get rid of it so you don't compare yourself or aim for the applause of man, just get rid of it. But what does God celebrate when you get to heaven? Well done, good and faithful servant. Not well done, good Amen. and inspirational servant. Not well done, good and catchy phrase servant. Not well done, good and popular. A lot of followers, you know, servant. It's well done, good and faithful servant. So you know what? The, the sweetest place to be is right in the center of God's will. What's God's will? It's for you to acknowledge and identify who he's made you to be and to be content doing what he calls you to do. If he calls you to 20 people, be faithful and don't long for 200 people. And if he calls you to 200 people, don't long to lead 2,000 people. If he grows that to 2,000, that's great. But don't don't long for someone else's job. Okay, just be faithful to the, to the role in the ministry he's called you to. That'll preach, Timothy and T.A., you're you're inspiring to me because of just the depth, the intimacy, the walk with God that you have that's so evident and your passion for college students. And so thank you so much. What a great conversation today. It went so many different angles and we we gleaned so much. And you can find out more about Pastor Timothy Atik and Breakaway Ministries when you connect with us on our website, youngadults.today, as well as across all social media platforms at youngadults.today. But until next time, this is Josiah and Micah Keneally on youngadults.today reminding you the words of TA, be comfortable who God made you to be and enjoy life in Jesus' name. Come on, let's go.